Now more than ever, there are many options at restaurants and in supermarkets for people who live a vegan lifestyle, meaning they do not eat or use any animal products. But when restaurateurs Ronan Seri and Pamela Elizabeth opened their first vegan restaurant, Blossom, in 2005, there weren't a lot of places for vegan foodies to go for fine dining experiences. In the Blossom cookbook, Ronan and Pamela share their favorite recipes from their restaurants. There are now two locations in Manhattan, and we have asked them to join us on today's Please Explain to debunk some myths about vegan food and cooking, to offer tips for home cooks, and share some of their most popular recipes from the restaurant, including trumpet mushroom calamari, sweet potato and coconut cream soup, pine nut-crusted eggplant, and German chocolate cake. The book is published by Avery. We also invite you, our listeners, to join the conversation. Our number here is 212-433-9692. If you have questions about being vegan or if you're interested in making vegan recipes at home, give us a call. You can also write to us on our show page at WMIC.org or on Facebook or Twitter, where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. Ronan, you write that you and Pamela have been vegan since the mid-90s when veganism was neither a common word nor, nor a common lifestyle. But what was common was the notion that vegan food was bland. Yes. Why do you think people associate bland with vegan food? I think that, um, first of all, it grew up a lot. I mean, it's uh, advanced so much since. But I think that uh, there were not many options um, for vegan food. So people associated with uh, lettuce, uh, bland, no, uh, no creams. Uh, and today we can create a lot of those um, uh, ingredients from plant-based um, um, uh, things like uh, we make a cashew, uh, a cream from cashews, for example. Well, cashews, cashews were available before. People were just not thinking just, of using yeah, them? Exactly. It wasn't as uh, popular. I mean, I, I still think that we can go uh, a lot further with it. I do think that if all the chefs of the world will uh, put their mind into it, it will be an amazing cuisine. But. Well, let, let me throw this out to both of you. Uh, what led you to, to decide to become vegan? Um, myself, um, as I wrote in the book, I actually, uh, Pamela was an influence and another friend of mine to become, to uh, alert me to the notion of veganism. And when I was in a silent meditation retreat, I literally saw a cow and um, I kind of uh, looked at her eyes and she <laughs> did the same. And I just saw how awful it is what I'm doing. And I just, it literally stopped right there. So, uh, yeah. And you, Pamela? Well, um, hello. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for having us on today. Um, You're calling from, I, where are we speaking to you from? Well, I'm at, uh, actually uh, downtown Manhattan, and I have a meeting at 2.30 today I couldn't get out of. So I knew if I came to the studio, I'd have to rush and probably not get to where I need to get to in time. So thank you for accommodating this remote, uh, this remote call. <laughs> but um, I, I would just like to say, I think people associated vegan food with being bland because a lot of it actually was, like what was being prepared and offered, didn't have exceptional uh, flavor profiles. I, I even know that for myself. When I used to go out and eat, I would... You know, I was thinking about tofu and brown rice and salads and, and things of this nature. So I think that's one reason why um, people 
kind of associated uh, vegan food with being bland. But um, I went uh, vegan strictly for animal reasons. I, I received the pamphlet in the mail um, when I was a, a late teenager, and I went vegetarian that day because it talks about factory farming and just animal abuse and neglect in general. Um, but at that time, I didn't make the connection between uh, dairy production and, um, and you know, going, uh, going vegan. But when, once I learned more about that, then I, then I went vegan. So that the big difference between being a vegetarian and being a vegan is dairy production. Also, you, you, can't, yeah. you can't use honey, even though the bees honey. produce a lot more honey than they ever use. You still feel you're stealing from the bees? Is that it? Yes, yes, because uh, in order for that to happen and for us to supply all of the, the huge amounts of honey that we supply, you know, the bees aren't allowed to have their natural, you know, life, let's say. But well, anything that comes from an animal or an insect uh, is not considered vegan. Now, there are people who are even purer than vegans. There are the fruitarians who don't want to eat anything that you kill right, when you root right. vegetables for example they yeah. only will eat things that you can pluck off of a tree or a bush that will then be replenished uh the next season uh yeah. why not become even purer I, well, I have an answer for that um okay i just want to say we do live in a world but there i i separate two 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 the vegan to two sections they are the compassion part of it now i do agree with you if we're going to philosophical here, everything is alive. But there is a certain point when you have to make a distinction and then you know what's right. When you are doing it out of compassion, you would know what's right. Some people go far, maybe it's for health, I'm not sure. But the broccoli is as alive as me and you. But we do have to Those eat. Those poor onions, they make me cry whenever <laughs> I cut them. Here you go. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's a good one. I'm speaking to Ronan Seri and Pamela Elizabeth, who uh, have a couple of restaurants together and also have produced the Blossom Cookbook, named after their restaurant, classic favorites from the restaurant that pioneered a new vegan cuisine. It is published by Avery. This is WMYC, WMYC.org. I'm Leonard Lopate, and we are inviting your calls at 212-433-9692. Uh, why did you decide to open a restaurant? Had both of you worked in restaurants before? Actually, okay. we, we, we really hadn't. You know, it was, the thought was um, uh, we have been in a different business, and, and we really wanted to, um, like, do something that had something. For me personally, I, I've always wanted to do something to help animals in general. And, um, you know, there weren't many options. We, we would go out and not have many op vegan options. Um, and, and it just seemed right. The thought was to why don't we try to open like a small little vegan cafe type thing. And it turned into what it turned into. Well, a couple of questions. Uh, were you anxious about how a vegan fine dining restaurant would be received? Yes. Yeah. Um, we, we were anxious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, first of all, food as, as, as a whole became, is becoming more and more popular. It's obsession of us with food, which I love and I'm a foodie. So it seems to me, I like two things. I like business. I'm a business person, meaning 
I like the idea of business. I like the uh, to deal with people, to, to, to make things happen. So that's one aspect of why I opened the restaurant. The other aspect, of course, was for the animals. I am limited in what I can do. And the third thing is I do see food as art, and I'm also very interested in art and in creation of things. So those three aspects of, of what I like uh, led me to do that. And Pamela, you, you write that before you opened the restaurant, your greatest challenge was finding the right chef. Why was it difficult to find a vegan chef in 2005? Aren't, don't most experienced chefs prepare a, a, a fair amount of vegetarian dishes? Um, I don't, I don't know, but I know that it was difficult for us to find someone at that time. I mean, actually, Ronan had the idea to go uh, to reach out to uh, cooking schools to see to and approach some of the teachers there who taught vegetarian and vegan cooking. And that's actually how we acquired the person who put our initial uh, menu together. You had to find somebody who actually wasn't just being vegan, but also was being creative and creating very good creative. food. Yes, yes he was absolutely. very, very creative and understood flavor profiles. And he uh, understood the whole package, really, presentation, flavor, um, really how to, how to make it happen. So we were very blessed to have been able to put it together with him. You've also founded Blossom's takeout restaurant chain called Blossom Du Jour. Blossom Du Jour, yes. It's a, a quick serve uh, restaurant chain. Um, we're, uh, of course, it's 100% vegan, um, but it's more focused on sandwiches and salads and juices, uh, things that you could grab quick. We do bowls, you know, um, but things that you can grab quick for the, for the person who's on the go. Uh, Rona, do you know if your customers are usually vegan or vegetarian? No, actually, 70% probably of our customers are not vegan or vegetarians. And that's what we are trying to do. That's what I'm trying where I want to take the restaurant or vegan cuisine um, as a whole. I want people to understand that it could be a cuisine just as good as any other cuisine on the market. I would actually, I go to a lot of restaurants and Chefs makes me uh, vegan um uh, certain vegan um, uh, um, uh, uh, options for me. And actually, I, I always can judge a restaurant by what they're offering me. And I really do think that if you come to Blossom, not to, be, uh, <laughs> uh, not to promote myself, but I do think that it's one of the better cuisine and restaurants out there. Um, and that's always my point, that it's cleaner and it's, you could taste the vegetable better. Um, so I think that the notions of eating b vegan being bland or the notion that if I'm not a vegan, I'm not going to go to a vegan restaurant is starting to fall off. But I do think still that there are a lot of people who will not try vegan cuisine. Pamela, you begin the book yeah. with a, a section on sauces and dressings, pistachio sauce, almond ginger dressing vegan mayonnaise. Delicious. Are nuts the secret to making a creamy <laughs> sauce without dairy? It's all delicious and it's all achievable. So interesting. I mean, there's so many substitutes for dairy um, today. It's, it's actually, uh, it actually blows my mind how veganism has taken off and how many people are gravitating towards it. I mean, mo most people are gravitating towards it for for health reasons, and I think because it's a new experience, but even for ethical reasons, people are starting to understand about 
factory farming and all of these horrible things that animals are going through, and we don't need to we don't need to eat these animals in order to be healthy, in order to be uh, enjoy our food. Actually, um, it's the opposite. I was just going to say that it's actually the opposite. Yeah. So mm. yes, you can absolutely make a delicious cream sauce. Uh, using nuts. <laughs> you have or, a section um, on vegan cheese recipes, including cashew cheese, Parmesan. Yes. Well, Parmesan that isn't obviously using milk. Uh, right. Right. But but okay. uh, is is your goal mm -hmm. to recreate the the flavors that we associate with the dairy products, or do you want to come up with things that are uniquely vegan? Not always well, I both. Think both. But right? to, to also I mean, to change a certain aspect of your taste, but. You have to, uh, because we are used to a certain taste, unfortunately. I mean, we grow up on meat. We grow up on all those tastes. So I think we associated, um, uh, we are afraid to change. We think it's difficult. You know, a lot of myths out there about not being healthy. While when you, God forbid, get something, the first thing they tell you is be a vegan. So <laughs> I don't understand that notion. Well, you have uh, all sorts of... Uh, recreations of classic comfort foods like and mm -hmm. uh, meatballs served with yeah. spaghetti and marinara sauce you have trumpet mushroom calamari you have <laughs> yeah. trumpet mushroom scallops yeah is it important yeah. to have the names of of non-vegetable -veget uh, uh, ingredients in these things it's an interesting question I mean, I, yeah it's, the, it's yeah. a very interesting question go ahead Ronan, and it's I'll a descriptive after. Uh, you have to describe a certain something to let someone understand what they're about to eat it's actually the end result not necessarily tastes the same as the other it's just that you have to use a certain words to describe certain uh, things that people associate uh, taste with and people have been using mushrooms for years as mm -hmm. a, a a substitute for meat. Mm -hmm. uh, now yeah, Dan Barber yeah, has found that uh, the pulp from fruit juices also makes for wonderful veggie burgers. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, yeah, no, it's, mm -hmm. go ahead. No, it's very, very interesting because um, I, I know, like Ronan said, a lot of us grow up eating certain foods, and I, I grew up eating comfort food. You know, pot pies and you know, mashed potatoes and things that pizzas and people, when we put a vegan pizza on the menu, yeah, it does, we call it pizza because it does resemble pizza. It, is um, pizza. it looks like it. it. We are using very similar ingredients that are, um, that ha happen to be vegan with using similar pr flavor profiles. But I think it's important to call uh, to use these descriptive uh, words like um, mushroom calamari because it does resemble calamari, and that's part of the that's part of the attraction. I, for me, I like for people to enjoy um, enjoy vegan versions of foods that they're used to eating non-vegan. Uh, we have to go to a break, but I'm going to slip a call in before we do. Our number here, by the way, is 212-433-9692. Eddie from Princeton, New Jersey, you're on the air. Eddie, are you there? Okay, well, maybe we'll come back to, to Eddie after we... Oh, okay, Eddie, go ahead. <laughs> I think he was just she was just touching upon this a bit 
there, there's dishes that sometimes you, as a vegan, uh, it's funny to me when people are trying to make something like a, a cheesesteak, and it's to, and they're trying to mimic the flavor of a of a steak, but vegan. And does that make you feel any different when eating it? Like, why are we trying to mimic uh, something that we're trying to avoid eating as a vegan? Uh, well, I mean, I think we're trying to avoid eating animal products. Not necessarily. That's why I keep bringing up the flavor profiles that a lot of people enjoy. We just want to keep out the animal products. So if we're eating a vegan cheesesteak, um, and we don't necessarily have to call it that, but um, and it's not, and it doesn't contain any animal products, and people enjoy it and love it, and they they do. Um, they are used to eating foods like cheesesteaks or whatever it is, a turkey sandwich or a hamburger, you know, making a vegan version of that and having it be approachable uh, to people using that name, um, I, think, I think it's a positive thing if the person then has a positive experience. Okay, Eddie. Okay, yep, okay, well, thank you, yep. And we're going to go to a break. We'll come back with more of this conversation about veganism on today's Please Explain with uh, Pamela Elizabeth and uh, Ronan Seri, the the owners of a number of restaurants uh, under the, the Blossom name. And now they have the Blossom Cookbook, classic favorites from the restaurant that pioneered a new vegan cuisine. It's published by Avery. Our number, 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at wnyc.org slash Lopate or on Facebook or Twitter, where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. And we are back with restaurateurs Ronan Seri and Pamela Elizabeth. Uh, they have written a cookbook for vegans called The Blossom Cookbook, classic favorites from the restaurant that uh, pioneered a new vegan cuisine. It's published by Avery. We are taking your calls at 212-433-9692. And Chris from the Upper West Side, you're on the air. Hi. Um, we were upstate last week at an event, and they served vegetarian uh, food. The... What they served were the black bean burgers, and uh, I asked the chef if she actually made them, and she said no. She had a lot of trouble binding um, the when she mashed up black beans to make these patties without using egg whites if they wanted to be vegan, and they also wanted to be gluten-free, so she didn't want to use breadcrumbs either, so she hadn't been able to find a suitable binder to uh, actually make these um, burgers. Uh, so do you have anything on, that could help us out on that? Uh, Although you do use gluten in some of yeah. your recipes. Yes, we do use gluten. We are not a gluten-free completely restaurant, but you have, we have options. But also, uh, as far as the, cr uh, crumb, uh, the bread crumbs, you could use uh, gluten-free bread crumbs for bind binding. Also, a flexi seed, and you could use the egg replacer, which you mix with water. Uh, so those three things should be okay for you to mix with. I missed the second one. You said gluten-free uh, breadcrumbs. Uh, there, there is such a thing? Yes, of course. Uh, okay. You could use any gluten-free bread and make it into crumbs, yes. Mm -hmm. Roxana from Dobbs Ferry, New York. Hi, you're on the air. Yes, hello. I have a question regarding eating um, 
without animals and getting enough protein and getting um, your B12. Um, I know there's a lot written about it. I myself haven't eaten animals uh, with the exception of limited amounts of seafood uh, since 1990. But um, I, I and I'm very concerned about eating enough mm-hmm. protein daily. And I, and I would love to know uh, what your guests' uh, views are about that are or if they can give us some tips. And before you answer, uh, she does eat seafood, which is a major mm-hmm. source of omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, they're not available through vegan foods either. Yes, you can. Pamela, do you want to answer that? Sure. Well, um, in terms of the B12, uh, everyone, even meat eaters, should take a B12 supplement because humans can't process the B12 from animals. So we, everyone should be taking a B12 supplement um, every day. So I would do that separate from whatever, you know, whatever you're eating. Um, yes, I do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. And then um, in terms of the uh, the protein, the of protein, yeah, yeah. So I think also that we're all just so concerned about protein. We're probably all eating too much protein, but um, <laughs> you can definitely get a good amount of protein from um, grains. You know, quinoa, absolutely nuts. Like every, yes, almost yes, every nut you yes. can think of, but. Quinoa yes. and your green leafy vegetables, you want to make sure to eat a good amount it, or, or just make sure to get them in every day. And soy products but, and also seitan is a huge yeah, Can you explain seitan? Seitan is a wheat is a, gluten. Mm-hmm. Because seitan is always something I was trying to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> the other one, yes, please avoid it. It's him. spelled S-E-I-T-A-N. As, ah, yes. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid this one. I don't want to accuse you of being Satanist, but uh, <laughs> no. what is Satan? I would have a better relationship with this Satan, much better relationship. Um, well, it's a wheat gluten uh, that turns into, it's, it's the meat source, so to speak, of, of vegan. Uh, it's a very neutral thing that you could turn into everything. For example, we have, like the other guest was offering, steak aprav, which we make from seitan, but we use the aprav sauce to make the overall experience. Seitan has a tons amount of protein, soy products, quinoa. What about flaxseed? Flax, yes. Also, you could use that for the omega, by the way. Don't much of the the food that you talk about it has a Middle Eastern side to it. Are people in the Middle East more likely to be eating a, a vegan diet, whether they think of it in those terms? Actually, or not? third world countries, uh, as a whole, have more vegan. And you know, meat eating started as a symbol of wealth. That's how actually we started it. So a lot of third world countries will have a lot more options for vegan, naturally. And we have seen uh, people getting heavier, putting on more weight as uh, wealth uh, and and meat are considered to be connected. So uh, when there's more meat in the diets of people who in the past might have eaten only a little bit of meat, if any, uh, Mm -hmm. we we see obesity. Absolutely. Now, yes, don't, and that's from dairy also because yes. the body can't process dairy. How, how do you uh, make something like vegan butter? Be, because you still want to have that butter flavor in some things. And Or what do you do for an egg substitute? Well, there are a ton, there, there are a ton of substitutes for eggs depending upon what you're making. Like you'd use certain substitutes for baking, 
certain for, like the gentleman brought up earlier, what would you use to bind a bean burger? Um, but there's a long list, like Ronan started to talk about, flax seeds, applesauce is a big one, and baked goods, like great for cakes and brownies. And um, there's something called Energy Egg Replacer, which is basically tapioca flour. Um, so you could just purchase that and use that. I also wanted to say that many people who come to our restaurant or cook from the cookbook that we offer uh, always say, is this vegan? It's very, very creamy. Our food is extremely rich, extremely creamy, and very, very (laughs) tasty. I just want to make people understand if they go to Whole Foods, if they go, for example, you asked about butter. There is uh, from um, Follow Your Heart. What is the brand um, of the butter? but you're saying Whole Foods sells a uh, vegan sells butter? Absolutely. The, it's actually better than regular butter. There is another oh, company I just, I promise you, I would yeah. challenge you. I will make you a risotto that you would think that is done by uh, a little hundred years old woman in uh, Tuscany. You have a buffalo risotto <laughs> croquette. Yes. Uh, among your most popular items. And you serve them with a blue cheese sauce. Now, obviously, you're not using no. blue cheese. What are you doing there? Um, yeah, you want to go or should I? Sure, you can continue. Okay, so the, the, well, the risotto bowl is very easy. Risotto can be made into, I just made actually for a group of friends, I put a cheese, again, fake cheese and, and basil into um, a risotto bowl. Uh, which was delicious with tomato sauce. But what you would use for the blue cheese, I mean, you could use many things. People, um, again, from cashews, from tofu, you can make it from many, many things. Uh, so it just depends. Uh, follow your recipe. And uh, yes. Mike from Brooklyn, you want to talk more about vegan cheeses? Yes. Hi. Um, I've actually been vegan myself for um, a little over two years. And um I've been playing with uh, all the ingredients that are out there, uh, making my own um, milk out of cashews, uh, making a cultured milk. And uh, I've been playing with the cheeses, trying to melt them, and using a cup of carrageenan, and uh, I've been using a tapioca starch. But the question mm-hmm. is uh, whether do I need to use a xanum gum, um, as I see in a lot of labels that are out there, like a day of cheese. Yeah, you're asking if you should use it? Yeah. Uh, yes, exanthem gum works really well, but just all you need is the smallest amount because it really, really thickens very, very, very quickly. Where does xanthan gum come from? Um, I'm not 100% sure, actually, but I know we've been using it at the bakery for a very, very, very long time. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100% certain, but I know it does, it does thicken uh, very, very nicely. Igael, uh, a chef who does vegan burgers, called in to say he uses cornmeal instead of black beans and can grill it that way. He also uses cornmeal as a substitute for cornstarch in pies. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there are many variations, many, many. many options? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it depends on what you want to make, yes. We have a call from Colorado Springs. Tiana from Colorado Springs. Uh, you must have some antenna, Tiana. I listen to you guys online. And you want to talk about uh, being a vegan parent? Yes, I am a vegan parent. How do you get your kids to to not eat meat because all their friends are going to McDonald's? 
Um, well, you know, we've, we've talked about how we don't eat McDonald's for a long time, but we just talked to them about how, you know, we love animals and we don't eat our friends. Uh-huh. So what did you want to talk about? Um, well, I've been just listening, and they're talking about different uh, substitutes for different things, and I had some other ideas that I would throw in there. Go ahead. Um, so there is the liquid inside of a can of chickpeas. It's called aquafaba. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and, that's amazing, uh, can, actually. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you can you can use that. You can whip that up just like egg whites, and you can use it in baking. and all, um, You can use it if um, you want to make uh, black bean burgers. You can use it as a binder. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use cashews to make any, all different types of cheese. There's mm-hmm. a product called um, nutritional yeast that mm-hmm. has like a cheesy flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Also very rich in B12 um, that you can put with ca- like blended up and grinded cashews and you can make kind of like a queso type cheese. Yes. What happens when uh, I had a friend who was vegan who started feeling really ill and it turned out to be anemic and her doctor said, eat some meat. Uh, what would you suggest? That's really interesting because I was just writing something yesterday about uh, iron, where to source iron, Um, and chickpeas, uh, it's funny you were just talking about uh, chickpeas, uh, the liquid from chickpeas, but chickpeas and lentils have more iron than red meat. So I think it's just about um, really educating yourself. Yes, I just want to know, too, that you could get everything from plant-based diet. Mm. The thing is, also doctors, just for everyone to know, they're not nutritionists. They have no clue unless they want to find out. They literally study eight hours of nutrition in schools. My uh, (laughs) crack staff has uh, informed me that xanthan gum is a polysaccharide with a wide variety of uses, including as a common food additive. Oh. It is a powerful thickening agent. I'm yeah. not sure that we can slip any more calls in, but let me try to get uh, Olivia from Westchester in here. Olivia, can you make it very fast? Yeah, I've got a 16-year-old who has been vegetarian for about three years. She went vegan earlier this year. She has taught me so much that I didn't know. She's obviously a teenager that has uh, mainly gone vegan because of the animal welfare issues, environmental. I'm doing my best to, I'm vegetarian, trying to be vegan almost as much as I can. But I just wanted to say that there are so many, I enjoy eating vegan more than I do. We have to end it here, Olivia. Thank you so much for calling us, and my great thanks to our two guests on today's Please Explain, Ronan Seri and Pamela Elizabeth, the co-founders of the hit vegan restaurant franchise Blossom. They have a cookbook as well called The Blossom Cookbook. It is published by Avery. Thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you so much, Thank you so much. Thank you.